Chapter 8. These chapters are long, so it's taken us a while, and we are um, getting a little far afield in some things, but I think helpful. I, I appreciate it anyway. So um, let's, uh, let's do 21 to 30. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where am I going? You cannot come. So the Jews said, will, we come? will he come himself, since he says, where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you are, have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed him. So... Jesus says, I'm going away, you'll seek me, but you won't be able to come where I am because you will die in your sins. To die with unforgiven sin is a supreme disaster. That is the worst thing that could ever happen to us. Can you imagine? You die in your sin. It's hopeless. It's over. For eternity. That means forever. There's no hope. There's no way to go back. It's over. That is such a terrible, terrible plight. He says, that's what will happen. I'm going away. You'll die in your sin. And you will not be able to come where I am. How do they respond? Scornfully, of course, but saying what? You're going to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. you'll go where we can't come, all right? You'll you'll probably kill yourself. It's a little ironic for two reasons. A, chapter 7, verse 1. They were trying to kill him. Hello? And B, because what does end up happening to Jesus? He lays down his life. You know, Paul Earnhardt, I don't know if he still does, but he used to preach the sermon, the impossibility of killing Jesus. You can't kill Jesus. How could you kill the Son of God? Look at all the miracles, look at all the power. You can't kill him. No one killed Jesus. In one sense, Jesus laid down his life. So in one sense, they're right. You know, when they said he, he's probably going to go to the Greeks. Well, in one sense, they were right. They're probably going to kill himself. Yeah, in fact, he will lay down his life. Sometimes they said scornfully what actually was true. But he said, you are from below, I'm from above. And so you will die in your sins. Unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Now, there's a debate about this, but I suspect 
But when he says, I am, that could mean I am he. But when he uses I am, it's probably a reference to the name of God in the Old Testament. Probably a reference to Yahweh, Jehovah, which means I am that I am. A reference to a number of passages in Isaiah 41, 43, 46, etc., where, where, where God uses the I am statement to refer to himself. Um, so, so probably he's claiming to be deity, even with that statement, though it may be a, a bit ambiguous. And then he says, if you don't believe that I am, you will die in your sins. I mean, you think about that. Death is the great deciding point of human history. And if we aren't believers in Christ, we can't escape our sins if we die that way. Rick? Uh, uh, in verse 15 it said, You judge after the flesh, I judge no man. Then in verse 26 it says, I have many things to say and to judge of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his purpose his purpose was not to judge primarily although what he says is the standard and end up, ended up being a standard of judgment so his real purpose in coming was to save not to judge but in the process what he says ends up judging them yes then. when he says 21 says you will seek me or you will die in you will seek me well, you know, it's like they'll try to find him and he won't be there. Maybe the idea would be even it's too late. If they die in their sin, they'll want him then. But it's too late. So, you know, they want to know, well, who are you? I mean, I think they asked that because he said, I am. I mean, he's really like saying he's God. So like, who are you? And what are you really saying about yourself there? That was a bit of a shocking statement. Who would have claimed to be the I am? And perhaps they're trying to get him to say just in so many words, I am God. They can accuse him again of blasphemy. He just says, you know, what I've been saying to you from the beginning. Uh, or that may be even translated, why am I even speaking to you? That's, there's a translation question about that. Um... And, and what he speaks are the true things from God. Um, and then he says in 28, when you lift up the Son of Man. Well, they're not going to exalt Jesus, are they? They were? Why would they do that? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. They lifted him up. Literally and otherwise. Because the thing that exalted him was his sacrificial death. It was, it was very unconscious on their part. They had no intention of exalting him. They were trying to kill him. And they did. But that physically lifted him up. And that was the thing that glorified God. That was the thing that exalted him. And then look at verse 29. He says, he who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. I, I, one of the things that I think is helpful to get out of uh, this gospel is the relationship between Jesus and his Father and how Jesus was constantly seeking to please God, never acting on his own, always you know, doing and saying what the Father wanted. 
So he's constantly seeking to please his father. Of course, they don't even know his father. Some people believed in him as a result of this. Do you have comments or questions through verse 30? Yes. Uh, back to his point, uh, the difference between uh, Jesus coming to save or coming to judge. If Jesus had come to judge, he would have found everybody guilty. But since he came to save, once he brought salvation, since he offered salvation, there were conditions. And therefore, those conditions are, are now what judges. The, it, the rules changed because of Jesus. If he had come to judge, he would have been judging based on the old rules. Good point. Excellent. Greg? Uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but 739, when it says Jesus, not even glorified. Another, another way of talking about the uh, crucifixion. Again, lifted up, exalted, glorified. Good point. <coughs> yes, Greg? Um, this is kind of going back a little bit, but I, I was wondering in verse 20, um, when he spoke in the treasury, do we know exactly where that was? In, in the temple area. Okay. That's all I know. But. Okay. Act 31 to 47. So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed in him, if you continue in my words, then you are truly like uh, disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendant, and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will, ne- uh, you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave uh, does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendant, and you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. The, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if, you're, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. And man who has told me, I told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. And they say to them, we were not born of fornication. We, are, we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I perceive forth and have come from God. For I have not even come out of my own initiative, but he has sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my words. You are not your uh, you are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. Whether he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he's a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? And if I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is uh, of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you will not hear them because you are not of God. Powerful conversation here. <clears throat> Remember 30, many came to believe in him. But look, 31, he says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You know, as we've often noted in John, belief doesn't always, isn't always adequate in John. It's easy to be superficially attracted. It's easy to, to start. But he says you're really disciples if you continue in my word. Discipleship is not 
just accepting the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Discipleship is a way of life that has to persist. We have to abide in His Word. Keep pursuing Him and serving Him. So, he says, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Josh. Yes. So it upsets them when Jesus said, I'll make you free. Grady? Well, I was wondering, uh, the they, as he goes through verse 33 and onward, when he says they, is that still the Jews who believed him in verse 31, or is that other Jews? Perhaps both. I do think these who were believers were shallow believers when Jesus says, if you'll abide in my word, the truth will make you free. It offends them. You know, they're, they're upset by that because to say that the truth will make you free, free implies what? Yeah, you're not free. Well, we are Abraham's descendants. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How do you say you'll be made free? That's an insult to them. They're, they've already, always been free. <laughs> what were they thinking? I mean, if you take this on a physical level, when's the last time they were free? <laughs> no, they're, they're under Roman rule. So physically they're not free. That's not what Jesus means. I don't know what they meant. They just didn't like the idea that they weren't free. Roger. Um. I don't know if, if you can, uh, verse 31 32, it, it almost tells kind of like um, that this getting out of sin, out of the slavery of sin, is a continuous process. Do you see that in, in there too? Like yes. If you continue my sin, then you would kind of like well, get, out of, uh, get out of sin, but it's like a continuous process. I always saw like when you get baptized, you're free from sin and you live the Christian life. Here it's almost like, well, this is kind of like a process of. Well, you're enslaved. You're kind of taking some chains off here, some chains off there, you know, from your hands. Perhaps, perhaps also because of the superficial nature of their faith, they're going to have to grow more before they're really freed from sin. Eric. You know, too, you see this earlier, like they, you know, until they realize they're thirst, they won't be thirsty. You know, they won't seek the water. Until they realize they're blind, they won't seek the light. And until they see that they're enslaved, they won't seek to be free. Yes, good point. So, you know, Go ahead, uh, Lainey. Sorry, I'm no problem. confused. Um, when we're talking about when they're enslaved, were they, are they right now under slavery as well? Well, they're not free. Now, I mean, their slavery, it wasn't like they were personal servants to Romans. <laughs> but it's like the Romans controlled their country. So they are thinking physical. You know, tell me what they were thinking. <laughs> or if they were I think they're just reactive. I mean, maybe they're trying to say they were spiritually free. They certainly weren't that. I don't know what they were thinking. John? Well, I know they felt special. They thought they were special, and, you know, slaves are not special, so they couldn't be <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they are blind. You know, they're... They have an extreme ability to deceive themselves and a superb disregard for the facts of the situation. Ben? Going back to what Roger mentioned about it being maybe a continual process, so on one level it's not, and that we die to our sins and we rise to a newness of life, 
But on another level, there's a continual process that needs to be there, continuing to abide in His Word. And we're seeing, you know, from the last few chapters, how easy it is for us to deceive ourselves and get caught up in something. And the moment we do that, we are caught up in it. We are in that snare. And so we, we look at these things, and they, you know, it's kind of interesting, kind of almost humorous, some of the interactions. It's very interesting thinking, how can they get involved in this? But the real point is to see that these are the things that make us slaves. And if we're going to be free, we've got to make sure we're free of all of these things. Amen. Chippy. What does he mean by, my word has no place in me? Uh, where are you reading that? 37. 37, not quite there yet. Let's proceed. Um, so, I mean, you know, they say, you know, we've never been enslaved to anyone. How, how is it that you say you'll become free? Uh, you know, they keep the inconvenient facts out of, out of their mind. Jesus explains, okay, whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. So it's that, that's the sense in which Jesus means, if you continue in my word, the truth will make you free. It'll free you from sin. You know, true freedom is not liberty to do whatever we please, but liberty to do whatever we should. Liberty to serve God. And so, you know, you want to be made free. If the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. He said, now, I, I, you know, they, they, kept, they argued, we're Abraham's descendants, therefore we're not slaves. He says, I know you're Abraham's descendants. That would be in the physical sense. Yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. They, they don't have a relationship with the word of God. And therefore they're trying to kill him. Well, that shouldn't make him look like Abraham's descendants. There's no family resemblance. Because they don't act like Abraham's descendants. He said, I speak the things which I've seen with my father. You do what you've heard from your father. Your father. They, they take offense at that. Abraham's our father. What do you mean? Well, he says, if you are Abraham's children, why don't you act like it? You know, as it is, you're seeking to kill me. Not the kind of thing Abraham would do. The truth is, Jesus says, you are doing the deeds of your father. We always do. We're doing the deeds of our father. The deeds we're doing may demonstrate who our father is to our surprise. He says, you sure enough are doing the deeds of your father. And they, they say, well, we're not born to fornication. We're one father. That's God. He said, if God were your father, you'd love me. Because that's who I came from. You know, I didn't come on my own initiative. He sent me. You, you don't have God as your father or you would be accepting me. He says, why is it that you cannot understand what I'm saying? It's because you cannot hear my word. They can't understand what Jesus says because they don't have an ear for his message. He's speaking a foreign language to them. They don't know God's language. They have no affinity with God. It's the very opposite of what they claim. He says, the truth is, you're from your father. Who is their father? How can you, how can you tell? Yeah, they do just like their father does. You can, tell, you, you, can, you can tell it anywhere. You ever see somebody that looks just like his dad? You knew it was his dad. He knew his, whose father he was because he looked just like him. Well, here, Jesus knows who their father is because they act just like him. 
He says in verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and, and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. You know, the devil's a murderer and a liar. That's just the opposite of Jesus. In John, Jesus is no murderer. What is he? He's the, he's the life. He's the life giver. And Jesus is no liar. He's the truthful witness. But Satan is absolutely murderer and liar, beginning, middle, and end. And when they act like him, they're trying to kill Jesus, they're murderers, and they're liars. Look at what they've just been saying. Might be helpful to pause and say, who's our father? There's some applications to be made to murderers. But I want to make an application to the liars. How many of you are liars? We normally don't admit to that, do we? Well, what's it take to make you a liar? You're dishonest in what you say. Now, sometimes the devil camouflages what he does. It kind of... Uh, contributes to his um, you know, success rate if he can camouflage it. So sometimes we think of lies only in the sense of making up some whopper. You know, just inventing some story of whole cloth. But, but think about what we say. How often do we lie? In that what we say is not accurate. You know, you tell something about yourself. But you're trying to make yourself look better, have a better image. You rearrange facts. You change facts. You, you, you're not accurate. What you say is not a fair representation of the truth. You lie. Wow, we do that a lot. Trying to get out of something. Trying to Look good, impress people. It's just very easy for us not to be honest. If we're with God, we're honest. We love the truth. We're liars. We're with the devil. I think we need that. I do think we are so much influenced by our whole world in which truth is not the standard that we can be liars and not even know it. And then... Verse 45 is one of the strongest things Jesus ever said. Because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. He doesn't say, in spite of the fact I speak the truth, you don't believe me. But because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. Do you see the difference? When he says, because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. He is saying that they don't believe precisely because he spoke the truth. If he, spoke, if he spoke a lie, maybe they would. But because he speaks the truth, they won't believe it. Wow. They are perverse. He says, which one of you convicts me of sin? Would you challenge your enemies to point out your sins? I would not do that in this audience. Some of you know me. I don't know what all I might hear. 
probably a number of things I'd rather not think about. If I were to just challenge you, prove to me that I'm a sinner. None of us would do that. That would be foolish. Worse before your enemies who would like, like nothing better than to prove you're wrong. They can't convict him, not even his enemies, of a single sin. And Jesus just says, you've got two kinds of people. He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them because you're not of God. (laughs) Jesus is back to that idea. Some people are of God and some people aren't. They aren't. They don't hear his words. Jesus doesn't feel like he has been inadequate because he has not reached them. He has not reached them because they're not of God. Therefore, they don't have an ear for the kinds of things that he says because he speaks from God. Comments? Questions? Roger. Um, can you explain uh, 35 and 36? Please? I try. I think he's saying that being a slave is um, not there's no future for the slave. There's no inheritance. If you want to continue in a relationship with God, you better be his son, not his slave. And so if we're slaves of sin, there's no future. But if Jesus makes us free, then we're free. That's what I would say. Uh, also, can you explain uh, 41? Well, Jesus just says you're acting like your father, and they say, huh, we're not born of fornication, we only have one father, that's God. You if, if you're talking about we, we act like our father, that's God. He's the only one we've got. You know, we're not illegitimate children. Wes? Um, I think in every way he's referring to Adam and Eve in the garden, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, he's, he always is. But yeah, when he says from the beginning, that's starting in the garden. He killed Adam and Eve. Then he killed Abel, and so forth and so on. Yes. Going back to 41, are they implying that, like, they, they recognize where Jesus came from? Are they saying he came back to that from? Many scholars think that. I don't. I think that's reading an awful lot into that. But no, that, that makes a great story that. You know, they knew Mary wasn't married whenever she had Jesus, and so the tale goes around that he's an illegitimate child. But I just think, man, we're putting a whole lot into that that I don't think I don't think we have got much evidence for. But but a lot of the, the scholars and commentators think so. Other comments and questions? JP. Well, I mean, you know, they just don't have a heart for it. They don't, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't receive it. You know, they're so incompatible with his word that there's just no place to, to put his word in there. Isn't, isn't yeah, I think it's just saying, you know, you're so perverse, my word's not at home in you. John. Probably both. Probably both. 
But I, probably the spiritual death is the more important. Other comments or questions? Okay, how about 48 to the end of the chapter? The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? You, uh, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, and whom you say, he is our God. For you have not known him, I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see the day, see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You were not yet fifty years old, and and yet and you've seen and have you seen Abraham? You said to them, Who to have say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they pick up stones to throw him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Okay. So the Jews become very upset. They really don't have an argument, so what do they do? Yeah, name-calling. You know, they're outraged, and they just spew out venom. You know, you're a Samaritan. You have a demon. (laughs) It's real bright. But it kind of fits. He had said they weren't children of Abraham, so they say he's a Samaritan. He said they were of the devil, so he said they say, You're, you've got a demon. There's no basis for this. There's no evidence. It's, when you start getting attacked in abusive ways like this, it's because they don't have a way to answer what you're saying. So you get mad, and you start calling somebody names. It's kind of, uh, you know, little kid type stuff. How does Jesus deal with that? He doesn't really. He just answers it and goes on. Yeah, very calm. He says, I do not have a a demon. (laughs) You know, he didn't get hyper about this. He just, okay. But I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my glory. There's one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he'll never see death. Oh, that sets him off. Now we know you got a demon. Even Abraham died, and the prophets died. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he'll never see death. You think you're greater than Abraham? Who do you think you are? He said, well, it's not who I think I am. I'm not glorifying myself. I know God. And if I said I didn't, I'd be a liar like you guys are. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Well, that sets him off again. What do they say now? You're not even 50 years old. You've seen Abraham? You know, that just sounds like, you know, he's just being... 
That's like saying, you know, I don't know, Christopher Columbus rejoiced when he saw me. You know, I know I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, he can't possibly, you know, be that way. Jesus said, he answers by saying, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Refers back to that I am again, he's deity, and he exists, he, he, was, he was in the present before Abraham was born. And so what do they do? Yeah. Violence is the last resort of defeated men. Now they say he's blaspheming, but really he's outdone them in the argument. They don't really have much else to do, so they're just going to try to kill him. You know, name calling didn't work. Maybe stones will. Comments and questions? Jake, uh, I know the the name, you know, Jehovah Yahweh, over time historically fell into rare usage, and then it eventually was never used and became obsolete and forgotten. Uh, had that occurred yet, or was that probably after? So he's the, he's now invoking a name that has been. Uh, no, he's speaking. Well, at least for us, he's speaking in Greek. You don't. I'm not sure how the I am is, but it's not the same as the other. Christian. Um, who is the one that's in verse 50? I think God. And is, is that a contradiction with the fact that in John 5, verse 22, where it says, not even the Father judges anyone? I don't think so. Uh, I mean... You know, he's saying God has given the judgment to me, but in terms of defending Jesus, God judges. Uh, I don't know that... And even when God gives the judgment to Jesus, there's a sense in which God is judging as well. So I don't think, think it would be fair to try to contrast those two passages. Great. Um, when it says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, what exactly... Well, I think God gave Abraham promises about the Messiah. Abraham saw those and rejoiced. So it, through the prophetic promises, he saw Jesus' day and he was happy for it. Uh, what is it to make of verse 59, or hiding himself? Is that kind of like, is that miraculous? Like an invisibility flow type thing? Hey, that'd be cool. <laughs> Not that I know of. There's a passage where he talks about the whole Abraham thing. I think he says, "Yeah, God is the God of the living, not of the dead." And maybe this is kind of ignorant, but um, uh, you know, if he's claiming that God is God of the living, and he kind of says that Abraham, in some sense, so living, and so in that sense, is there a more literal sense when he saw Jesus' day as in Abraham somehow? <laughs> well, I don't think you're being crazy. Certainly, Abraham was still living. I agree with that, you know, thesis. But I'm not sure that Abraham was seeing Jesus' day in heaven now, or that that's what Jesus has reference to. Yes, Micah. Uh, I don't know what was said over there about verse 59, but here where he talks about Jesus hiding himself in one of the temples. There was a 
build um, other other parts that we've talked about and read about. You know, says but it was not his time. Right. Uh, saying, I don't know if I'm but I'll say it. Uh, say in saying, you know, this isn't on God's timeline. But is this any any kind of difference that Jesus just kind of dodges this or? Is this, is this more of his choice? Or? Well, gee, I, I don't know. It says he hid himself. So I'm assuming he recognizes it's not his time, and so he evades them in some way. You know, the question is, did God assist him in that? I don't know about that. But, but I mean, Jesus did not intend to die prior to the time the Father has set. So I think he was active in trying to escape from their stones. Other comments? Um, Wendell? Um, I think we have to be more like God. Even though um, the Jews were making fun of him and um, criticizing him, he still stuck through it. Sometimes when we make fun of him, we give up and we get down and we uh, go home sometimes, you know, don't even talk to anybody. In this case, God went um, even to the point that they were gonna willing to kill him. I think we, we have to be more like God. and. Good point. Yes. Other comments? Do you have one? Um, I was going to ask you, um, Brother, is there a, a promise to us? Sure. Yeah. He's the life giver. If we keep his word, we won't die. Doesn't mean physically. But yes. Anything else? Just You might consider the fact that in 56 it's in the past tense. I, I think it, I think it's better to take this Abraham historically looking at the promised Messiah. But 
his audience certainly took it to be a historical reference because they didn't say, wait, Abraham's not still alive. They said, you weren't around when Abraham yes. was alive. Yes, good point. So he, they seemed to understand it to be about when Abraham was actually walking the earth. They did. Yeah, good point. <coughs> Yeah, great. Yeah, well, what I was about to say is that uh, they, they don't seem to be understanding much of what he was saying. But um, it's just because they didn't understand it this way, um, I'm not sure if that necessarily means that uh, that is how it should be understood. Ah, good comments. Let's work on the first part.